What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Extra Point College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Carnes, joined as always by my co-host, Daniel Hammock. Daniel, it is time for the 2022 season preview. So this will be in a playlist on YouTube and then, of course, in your feed on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And we're going to break down every Power 5 conference, but this week we're going to start with our independents and group of five. We have picked the eight teams that are ranked the highest eight teams uh, by win total and by Bill Conley's SP plus. That's a great just power rank metric to kind of, you know, e- even it all out as far as like the, the t- what the top eight teams should be, you know, by a Vegas style power rating. So Daniel, I'm excited to dive into these teams and uh, Hey, start to make some season previews and predictions, man. Yeah. This is an exciting time. This is something that we uh, look forward to. And, you know, it's like, this moment for us is like the marker of the preseason, you know, we're beginning the build up to the season. So, um, you know, we're less than a hundred days and, you know, it's going to seem a lot more organized in the following weeks. Cause this one, obviously we're having to kind of piece some things together, but on a major scale, this is like the misfit toys, you know, you've got the independence, you've got the, group of five, um, but just like the, the highlights. We're hitting the highlights here. This is a best of for for this episode. But then going from here, we're going to be hitting individual conferences. And so uh, people know where to find their team um, when they see, you know, whether it's the ACC or the SEC or the Pac-12 or if you're a Big Ten guy, you know, they'll be able to know, hey, they're talking about my team today. Um, so, you know, guys get involved and, uh, you know, give us a question, give us something that you want. If you're a Michigan fan, if you're a, a fan of a, a team we're about to break down, we definitely want to uh, mention something. If you have a little tidbit Cartwright about South Carolina, uh, who undoubtedly will let us know his breakdown, but this is the time to do it. So definitely reach out to us. Hey, and if you're a fan of a group of five team and we're not doing it today, Hey, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. We'll put it in the review. Or, hey, even just comment on this video what the team wants us to do, and we'll just drop a little five-minute video for you and your team. So yeah. happy to do that. If, we're, you know, if you feel like we're not hitting your team, let us know, and we're happy to do it. So we, you know, it's hard to do 130 teams in college football, so trying to do the ones that will get listened to the most. But, hey. If we're not doing your team, you let us know. We're happy to do it. Uh, but, Daniel, we've, we've picked our eight, and I'm going to run through them real quick. And we're going to go in order of win total. And, and, you know, previous seasons, Daniel and I have put our heads together beforehand and kind of come to a uh, compromising or, uh, you know, collaborative, hey, here's the record, here's order of finish. But this year – we already knew it on the front end. We, we had some pretty big disagreements about some, some big name teams. And I was like, you know what? This might be fun to just debate this on air. Let's just have different predictions uh, while we talk about them. Cause Hey, n- none of us, you know, all think the same anyway. So right. this will be a lot more fun. So we're going to go through win totals. We'll go over under the win total, kind of give our take on each team and how the season plays out, hit some highlights, but you know, starting this week, we've got, Notre Dame, Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, BYU, Boise State, Fresno State, and SMU. So, hey, a couple Mountain West teams, a few American teams, a couple independents. Nobody from the MAC, nobody from the Sun Belt. So, 
Hey, a lot of movement with those teams. So, hey, you're a Georgia Southern, you're an App State fan, Louisiana. Hey, just let us know. We're happy to come back and hit those teams. But, Daniel, let's start with a team that is, hey, coming off another double-digit win season, but for the first time in, I mean, nine seasons, Notre Dame is without Brian Kelly. So, Brian Kelly leads for LSU. Notre Dame promotes Marcus Freeman, the defensive coordinator for one season. Uh, two head coach and Notre Dame's win total is set at nine and a half for the 2022 season. So, Daniel, you going over under and kind of give me your take on on the Fighting Irish. First of all, I think that's a phenomenal number. Nine and a half, I think, is sitting right in the sweet spot because they have Ohio State on the schedule and they have Clemson on the schedule. And so, you know, traditional, you know, values, whatever you'd expect those two to probably be losses. I don't know. Um, and then you, you can you find another loss? Um, they have been a model of consistency under Brian Kelly these last several years. Um, I'm not sure what Marcus Freeman is going to be since he's only had one season of even being a coordinator at the level of, I guess you want to call it power five with Notre Dame being independent. Um, that being said, of, of major college football, I would say, even though he was at Cincinnati when when they had some good teams, um, he's he's a fast riser. I think he's going to, you know, break that ceiling as far as recruiting goes. We're going to still have to see how this shakes out. Um, I like this team. I think Tyler Buckner being at quarterback um, is going to kind of unlock a few things for them. Um, they still have Tommy Reese as the offensive coordinator. So I think that continuity is important, even though a lot of the staff was turned over. Um, you, I think that having Freeman still there from previous staff and then Tommy Reese still there, I think is just huge. Um, and I think it's huge for Tyler Buckner and his development. He's a former five-star at quarterback. So that's going to go a long way. Um, they don't really have a lot behind him in the spring game. Uh, Drew Pine did not really look good. Uh, so I wonder if they're going to try to hit the transfer market or if they're just going to hope that Tyler Buckner does not get hurt. They have one of the top tight ends in the country, Michael Meyer, uh, Michael Mayer um, coming back. Um, and he he's going to have a huge, huge year, especially with looking at how their receiving core has kind of been injured um, in the spring. So they're hoping for uh, everybody to be healthy uh, Tyler Buckner did have a weird injury. He like rolled his ankle um, walking down some stairs after a history test or something. So he missed the spring game. He still participated in spring, but I think Tyler Buckner will be, uh, he looks like everything's going to be good for him to play. Um, they're going to need a big season out of him. They're going to need an even bigger season for them to go over. I am going under. I think going that, under. I think that they're going to win nine games. So it's just slightly under, but I think there's going to be one of these games that's going to sneak up on them that uh, they're just going to lose. It's going to be tough. It's tough to be a brand new head coach um, and it be your first time at a major program and you have to take major lumps. I think nine and three would be a phenomenal year for a first year head coach with a new starting quarterback. And you start checking off the list of everything that they're going to have to do. Um, Notre Dame has the longest streak of wins versus unranked teams and they've got several unranked teams on their schedule this year. So I think they're going to clean up against those teams, but 
yeah, I think you've got some built-in losses to Ohio State and Clemson. So all that's going to take is them to slip up one other time on this schedule. So give me nine and three. I'm going to go under Notre Dame. Yeah, so I'm with you on that. I think nine and a half is a really good number. So Marcus Freeman, year one. I think some big things continuity-wise are, like, you keep Tommy Reese at OC. So, like, that to me gives me some confidence in continuity on offense and defense because you keep your defensive coordinator as head coach. So it's like he's still going to have some say in the defense, right? Uh, you bring in Al Golden to be your defensive coordinator, so former Miami head coach back in the day. Uh, he spent the last two seasons with the Cincinnati Bengals uh, as a linebacker's coach. So, hey, a Super Bowl contending team in the NFL. Um, so bringing that NFL experience will, will be big for that defense. Um, Tommy Reese retained his OC. So Tyler Buckner's the kind of quarterback that when he came in, people, including myself last season, uh, were saying, hey, this is the kind of quarterback that you recruit and like that takes Notre Dame one step further to, hey, they've reached the playoff, but to get a playoff win, to go contend for a national championship because Notre Dame's been so close. I mean, this is a team that's been to the college football playoff two out of the last four seasons. Uh, this is a team that was a close loss to Cincinnati last year away from being undefeated and being right back in the playoff and back-to-back seasons. So Tyler Buckner is that quarterback that, again, a lot of people, including myself, are saying he can take you to that next step. And I think that's still – possible. I think he had a lot of growing up to do this past season, but having a full season in the system, uh, getting a lot of game game reps last season as well, even though he wasn't necessarily the starter, I think he's going to help him this year. Like, you lose a ton of experience at running back in Kyron Williams, but Chris Tyree is back, and he should be – I mean, he should see a big step up, obviously, in carries this season, but in production as well. Uh, You mentioned Michael Mayer. I mean, he's going to be contending for the Mackey Award. Um, It's funny, one of the Notre Dame – but Kyron Williams – said getting to the NFL was one thing he learned. And he said he learned that uh, NFL scouts love Michael Mayer. <laughs> and uh, so, hey, that's high praise, right, from NFL scouts. So uh, Lorenzo Style, the wide receiver, had a breakout fiesta bowl. But, Daniel, Daniel you mentioned uh, injuries at wide receiver. This is, this is something that plagued them all spring where, like, legit, they had, like, six, like, scholarship wide receivers available, which at this level is – a problem so uh that's how many you play every saturday minimum. Right, right so that doesn't help your spring uh, you've had a lot of injuries you hope to get a couple of those guys back to at least get back to eight wide receivers um notre dame's been one of the most consistent schools in college football as far as offensive line play and that should not change this year they're returning 80 percent of their starts on the offensive line so that should be big for them Um, on offense I expect the offense to take a step forward because even though there's staff changes offensive staff stayed relatively the same so a new system last year you should see progress this next year where you're looking at Notre Dame could have a top 25 offense in the country which would be a big step up from where they were at the last two seasons Um, on defense I mean, Isaiah Foskey could be a first-rounder at defensive end next season or next you know, next year's draft. So uh, they're going to have a really good defensive line. Their linebacker uh, group, very veteran. So a lot of experience back at linebacker, uh, including their leading tackler, um, J.D. Betrand. But corner's going to be – I mean, it was a glaring weakness in the Fiesta Bowl. You saw it in that second half against Oklahoma State. And that was Oklahoma State <laughs> that, that – uh, 
you know, not necessarily a lethal passing attack in Oklahoma State. So it was a glaring weakness in that Fiesta Bowl. I don't know how much better it's going to be. You hope it's better, but it's all those same guys that are coming back. Uh, but you do get a big upgrade at safety, and that might be a name you forgot about, but 2020 All-American Brandon Joseph on Northwestern's roster transfers in to Notre Dame. So that's a big upgrade at safety with a lot of experience in the Big Ten. Um, I mean, to summarize, both lines should be improved. I do think Buckner has the talent to take Notre Dame to the next level, and he could be better than any quarterback Brian Kelly ever had at Notre Dame. Like, he could be that good. Um, problem is, I mean, your schedule, this is why the win total is at nine and a half. This, in the, on the schedule, you have visits to the Coliseum and to the Horseshoe as bookends of the season, uh, and Clemson comes and visits Notre Dame. So that's why you're sitting the nine and a half. I just look at Notre Dame. They've been a beacon of consistency. The last five seasons, they've lost a total of seven regular season games. So you're averaging a little over one regular season loss a year. So I'll go a little over one regular season loss. I think they get to 10 wins this year. So I think that stretch of Notre or excuse me, of uh, Ohio State, Clemson, and USC. I mean, look, all you got to do is go one and two in those games. You just got to get one of them. And you're sitting really, really pretty to get to 10 wins because in the rest of the schedule, you got Marshall, Cal, North Carolina. That's a tough game. That's a losable game. Uh, BYU at BYU, that is a very losable game. We'll talk about BYU, but it's after a bye. So your other road games are Navy and Syracuse. So it's like, you know, you've got tough road trips to Ohio State and USC. But other than that, the schedule is manageable. So I think Notre Dame does get to 10 wins this year. So I'll go over that one total. And I'm excited to see what Notre Dame does under uh, first-year coach Marcus Freeman. I mean, there's some people calling for a playoff birth this year i don't know about that because they got to go undefeated <laughs> like they're not getting in at 11 to 1 uh so i highly doubt that not without a lot 10 of wins right yeah 10 wins would be a very impressive first year campaign for marcus freeman and the cover is not empty so i have just come to expect notre dame to be a 10 win team love it all right so notre dame you're going under i'm going over let's go to Cincinnati, hey, Cincinnati coming off of a playoff berth. First group of five team to do so. They go 13-0 heading into the playoff. Your gift for getting in was Alabama. So, sorry about that, Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, but, hey, Cincinnati's win total after that season set at nine and a half. Power rating seems to, seems to like the Bearcats, Daniel. Do you like the Bearcats? I mean – for traditionally what they are, yes. But for their all-time team that they had last year, um, no. Because I do think that – I mean, obviously, Luke Fickle still being there as a head coach is huge because I do think he's a phenomenal head coach. I think that, you know, that kind of continuity, regardless, is going to be – he's a program builder. So they're not going to have a year where they fall flat on their face. Right. Now, could they regress to 9-3 and three and still be – good yeah we've seen some of these teams like UCF and Memphis you know dominate for a couple years and then step back you know right and not step back into obscurity but step back into um, kind of a reality and then build back up and cycle up uh, they lost two cor- two cornerbacks that were drafted in the NFL uh, a couple defensive ends um, obviously their quarterback 
and uh, with Desmond Ritter, and then starting running back Jerome Ford. Um, There's a lot, a lot of not just talent, but key talent. Um, And it's not to say that they're not going to replace it and not going to have capable bodies, uh, but this is the type of program that's going to is a, a program that requires development and majority of development happens on the field. Um, Desmond Ritter was a three-year starter. So, you know, Jerome Ford started for two years, you know, the, all these guys played a lot of ball. So I do think they're going to have to get some games under their belt. Um, I know that starting the first week at Arkansas is no picnic. And then, then they got to play Kennesaw state, my owls, so better watch out for the owls. That's the loss. Hey, but it is frustrating. I'll say this. It is frustrating to play a triple option team and they're coming off a loss. I expect them to win that game. I'm, I'm just, you know, joking around, but the, it is a frustrating game to have to play and it could throw off some of your practice development throughout the season, especially after a tough game like, um, like Arkansas. So that being said, um, I was kind of going through their schedule. They play Indiana. I don't know if I think that much of Indiana because obviously they beat them last year, but it is a power five team on the schedule along with Arkansas. And then I think they're losing to UCF this year. I was like, I know, I think they're losing UCF. They're playing in the bounce house. They're losing to Arkansas. So do I think they're going to lose one more game? I think between at Tulsa, at SMU, or Indiana, they're going to lose one of those three. So I'm taking them at nine and three. I'm going under with Cincinnati. Going under. So, yeah, Cincinnati, look, I know they were in the same playoff as Alabama and Georgia, but they do not recruit like Alabama and Georgia do. And you mentioned it, that Cincinnati benefits by, like, great talent evaluation, and, like, early on, they hit on their kids. Uh, and then they did a great job of development, which they did. I mean, they had nine players drafted. That was, I think, third most or tied for second most among all schools. It was a lot, um, yeah. I mean, highest in school history, historic season, 13-0. They should be praised for even making the playoff. Like, that season was a huge success. Um, going 12-0 in the regular season while beating Notre Dame and Indiana is no easy feat. So, they earned their way there. They deserve to be there, but when you lose that much production, I mean, and Bill Conley's returning production numbers, Cincinnati's 92nd overall, 62nd on offense, 115th on defense. So that defense was really, really good. I mean, you lose two phenomenal corners with Kobe Bryant and uh, Sauce Gardner. So um, it's going to be tough to just expect that again from Cincinnati this year because they went from like a 10-win team to a 13-win team you're going to regress back to mean at least for a season. But that's why this one total set at nine and a half is that I'm with you. I think it's a really good number. I think they go under, but I think it's like a nine one team. I think that you're losing one of your Arkansas, Indiana games, probably most likely Arkansas. It's on the road. Uh, They're going to be a really good team. And I think where they ran through the conference last year, I mean, look, when you do what they did, I mean, ask Alabama. You get the biggest target on your back where everybody oh, yeah. gets up to play you. And they had a couple of close conference games last year. I mean, they had two conference games that they won by one score. So I just think they lose a couple of those, uh, whether it's, I mean, they, you know, they got SMU, they got UCF, they got Tulsa on the schedule, and all of those are on the road. So, I mean, you lose a couple of those. And, look, 93 is not a bad season 
after what you just did, because it's just going to take time to develop that talent again and get everybody playing together. Now, if they come out and win 10 games, I'll be really impressed. I'll be honest with you. Like I'll be really impressed with the job uh, Luke Fickle does, but this is a team that is ready for the big 12. Like, I think this is immediately in the new big 12. Like this is a top five team, in the big 12 and in the new big. Oh yeah. So yeah. um, They're sitting pretty. I'm going under in the win total, but that's not a knock on this program. Uh, it's just – it's going to be a year before I think you're back in that double-digit win column. So, you're going under. I'm going under on Cincinnati's nine-and-a-half win total. Uh, let's go to the Houston Cougars, also at nine-and-a-half. So, those three teams at our highest win totals. Uh, hey, or Houston – actually, I'll save the stat for my thing. <laughs> but yeah. uh, coming off of a phenomenal season – uh, under Dana Holgerson, so nine and a half win total. You going over under Daniel? This is one that I just think that some of these teams are going to cycle up, and some are going to cycle down. Um, I like Houston this year. I think I think ten and two is a is a, a possibility uh, for them. Looking at their schedule, um, I do think that you know UTSA isn't going to just be a a pushover. Um, for some reason, they're always locked in a battle with Texas Tech. Tulane's tough at Memphis. I feel like you're just not going to skate through that. Um, I, I think that they love having a bye week before Navy for being able to set their defense before they play that option. Um, but you know, you've got SMU and Tulsa, these teams on their schedule. It's not that any one of them is like an elite automatic loss. It's just like the group of them. Um, you, you'll lose, you'll lose a couple of those games. So I do feel like 10 and two is very much on their radar though. You're returning Clayton tune there. This is his third year as a starting quarterback. Um, he famously took over for Derek King when Derek King played for first four games and then sat out the rest of the year. Uh, Clayton tune came in and was the guy. Um, and he played well, and he's run this uh, Dana Holgerson offense. Now, I've got questions regarding, um, you know, missing Logan Thomas at defensive end, um, him getting, you know, being a top draft pick. He was a good, uh, you know, just pass rusher. And so losing that pass rusher, are they going to be able to um, recreate that? Um, I think that they're going to have – just enough guys, but this is one of these teams that um, if they have a year, this is their year. I don't know if they're going to go full throttle. I do go over. I do go over. I like 10 and two with this schedule because like I said, there's not any automatic losses. There's a couple where you're just like, they're going to stub their toe somewhere, but they're not going to lose three of these games. They'll lose two of these games. I'm with you on the over with, with Houston. So I, I think this is a 10-win team at minimum. I just – I don't trust they're going to get to 11 wins. I just need to see it. Uh, in, in the regular season, uh, I need to see it. Excuse me. So, Caleb, didn't you mention – I mean, th- they lose – I mean, a big loss. They're starting running back uh, McCaskill to an ACL industry uh, – industry, an ACL injury. The industry uh, is in, thriving right, right now. It's terrible. Uh, ACL injury in April, so most likely not back for the season, um, for the entire season. Schedule sets up nice. Uh, your out-of-conference has two of the worst teams in the Big 12, so you're playing two Big 12 teams, but 
they're the worst teams, but you do open up with two road games, which I think is tricky uh, at UTSA, which is coming off of like their best season ever um, at Texas tech, which, Hey, under new head coach, they seem pretty fiery. Uh, they're, you know, that's trajecting up, but you get Texas tech and Kansas before getting into conference play. I mean, again, I do think it's a 10 win team at minimum. So I'm going to go over as well. Uh, I just don't quite trust them to get to 11, but Hey, one of 19 teams that returned their starting quarterback, their head coach, their offensive coordinator, and their defensive coordinator. So Houston is one of 19 teams that's doing that in FPS this year. So Houston, University of continuity, Houston. Continuity, University of Houston. So you and I are both going over on the Cougs. So let's go next in the win total pecking order, UCF Knights. Uh, the Knights win total set at nine. Gus Malzahn in year two in the American Conference. Last year in the in the American Conference, they'll be in the Big 12 next year. Does he go out with a bang in the American? Win total set at nine, Daniel. Let's go over that. Um, Let's turn on the Gus bus and uh, they turn up at the bounce house. All right. This, Jacob, you know my feelings. You've known them since it happened. <laughs> John Reese Plumley transferring JRP. to UCF is the single greatest move in the college football offseason. Single greatest move. Love because it. Because that means we're going to get the whole year to watch him. Like, he was just wasting away as the backup at Ole Miss. Oh, we're going to get him some packages at receiver. And he did fine. But, like, I want the ball in his hands every play. All right. In 2019, he was electric. Go cut on the tape and watch – Ole Miss and LSU, and, I mean, he's running away from folks, folks who are in the NFL right now, players who are littered all over NFL rosters. He was running away from them. He runs a 4-4 in the 40. He plays baseball, and just an overall good dude. Like, he's he is this generation's renaissance man, all right? He's going to make a difference. But right now, Gus Malzahn, his offense is best when he has a guy who – can minimally throw it, but can run away from people and frustrate the heck out of everybody, uh, i.e. Nick Marshall in 2013. Absolutely. I feel like that was the best version outside of Cam, Cam. Newton, just <laughs> doing Cam Newton things, though. Um, yeah, just Cam Newton. I don't outside know outside of that, yeah. outside of having a once-in-a-lifetime talent of Cam Newton, um, Nick Marshall, who was a defensive back at Georgia, transferred and was a quarterback for Gus Malzahn. So he was quick. <laughs> it sounds familiar, but it seemed like they gained no less than five or six yards every play. And that'll play, man. That'll play. This is going to be a fun team to watch. Um, I do think that in Gus Malzahn's second year, he's going to settle in and it's going to be more of, you're just going to, you're, he's going to have his fingerprints all over this. I think that that alone, that one move does, you know, project well for them. Just John Reese Plumley coming in at quarterback. Um, Devod Wilson at safety is going to be a, an all-conference player. Um, and you look at the schedule. I mean, South Carolina State, you know, Florida Atlantic, these teams, they should be just taking care of them. They do pull two ACC teams, but it's Louisville and Georgia Tech. And while I think that they could probably lose to Louisville, um, they could beat Louisville. Um, I I would expect them to beat Georgia Tech. They play SMU, Temple. You know, these Cincinnati is a tough team, tough game. It's at home. 
you know, um, there's no team on their schedule that I feel like they can't beat. And that's big for me at nine wins. I think that they're going to win 10 games. Uh, I really think that they can win 11 games, but I'm comfortable with their floor being 10. So I'm going over. Give me the Knights. I love it. And I'm just going to hop on the Gus bus with you and agree yes. with everything you said. Yeah, yes. JRP yes. coming in. I'm pumped to watch it. Uh, you and I said last season, potentially wrongly, that uh, Auburn and Tennessee downgraded. And, well, one of those is for sure right. <laughs> that I don't know what Auburn thought they were getting into with Brian Harson, but not what they thought it was. Uh, Gus Malzahn beating Nick Saban. What are you doing now? Uh, yeah. So, Gus at UCF, he seems to be enjoying himself. Um, the defense is going to be the strength of this team. Like, I think the offense can make a big jump with JRP, but – they got a really good defense, and they could have the best defense in the American Conference. You mentioned the schedule. The schedule is super manageable because your toughest games are at home. Like, the t- the three toughest teams you're going to play are Louisville, uh, SMU, and Cincinnati. You get all three of those games at home. You play two ACC teams, but one of them is Georgia Tech. So, uh, it sets up nicely on the schedule. GRP is a perfect fit for this offense. You mentioned Divide Wilson. Big Cat Brian on the defensive line. Manageable schedule. Yeah. Hit the over. 10-win team. Easy 10-win team. So, 10-2 for UCF. I'm going over. I'm excited just looking to watch the season. When I, don't, when I don't get to watch their games, just being able to flip on the highlights and just seeing John Reese Plumley running away from folks, scoring touchdowns. It. Uh, it's going to be great. Next on our win total list, uh, BYU. So, BYU – Win total set at eight and a half, coming off of hey, two really good seasons for BYU. So, uh, eight and a half, Daniel seems to me like probably a uh, a product of their schedule this year. Yeah, I do think that um, that's probably that's probably accurate. I mean, uh, UCF USF is going to be tough. I'm just kidding, um, but no, they have Baylor and Oregon back to back weeks. Um, obviously they play Notre Dame and Arkansas in back-to-back weeks. Uh, the, <laughs> that's just not conducive to, you know, even if they have a good game against one of them, they're going to turn around and have a loss. Or if they lose, you know, it's tough to, you know, get back up for that next game. They play at Liberty, which, you know, it's – that you know, they lose Malik Willis, but Hugh Freeze is still there. That's probably still going to be just not an easy game. Um, and then at Boise State, I mean, none, it's just it's, – there's too much uh, – it's, it's similar to what I was thinking about Houston where, you know, there's, there's enough where they're going to stub their toe. But I also do think – I mean, this is – I think Baylor and Oregon are for sure losses. I think, I think Notre Dame and Arkansas are for sure losses. So – uh, being at eight and a half, I mean, I'm going under, and I think that they'd still be a good team at eight and four. I'm going over. So I initially went, I was with you. I went under. I was like, and at same four losses where I was just like, you know what? Those teams are just better. I think they get one of them. Like, I, I don't think it's crazy to say they get one. Um, I don't know which one. I think if you're getting, I don't a Baylor or an Oregon early. 
like does Oregon lose to Georgia and then like they're kind of reeling and figuring themselves out. Um, but I, I think they get one of those three of the four on the road. Baylor's at home. It's probably, it's probably the most gettable on the schedule. But what's tough about their schedule is not just who they play, but they go 10 weeks before getting a bye. Like, so, I mean, you look at Boise State right before that bye week, you circle that game and you're like, what if you're just exhausted? Like, right. Injuries start rolling around. You don't have time, you know. So I, I think this could be one of these seasons where like it rains, it pours. And if the losses start piling up, you're not going to get a break and that could be bad. But again, this is one of the other 19 teams that returned to their head coach, both coordinators and starting quarterback. Um, they've been really good for two straight seasons. I think they really impressed me the last year with replacing Zach Wilson, replacing Jeff Grimes, and then just rolling still. Um, Here's the other thing. BYU is number two in Bill Conley's returning production. So 28th on offense, number one on defense. They return every starter on defense. So this is a team that has that was really good last year, returns everybody. The schedule gets tougher. And it's one of these things where I think BYU could have a worse record than last season and be a much better football team um, just because the schedule is so difficult. But at eight and a half, I will go over. I think they get one of those games. I think they get to nine and three. And again, I think they're a better team than last year, although the record might not necessarily increase in wins. So I'm excited to watch this team. I mean, this is a team that I think has like a 10 win, uh, like, I don't know, maybe 11 win ceiling. Like it, w- it would not shock me if they just go 11 oh my and one. Gosh. Yeah. Like, okay. I'm not predicting to do it. I think they're a 93 team, but it, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we're sitting here at the end of the season and it's like, oh, wow, they beat three of those four that we thought were going to be better than BYU. And they're just sitting here at 11 to one again, surprising everybody. So I was dumb enough to doubt them last year. Not again. So I'll go over the eight and a half at nine. Uh, let's go to Boise State. Uh, Boise State win total set also at eight and a half. Daniel, you going over or under? So this one was a little tough, and that's based on the schedule. So with it being eight and a half, I do think I do think I can pick nine wins on their schedule. And so I've gone through it a few times. You know, at Oregon State, I think it's going to be tough because I do think Oregon State, um, you know. It's tough to go there and win if you're not overwhelmingly better. Um, they'll beat New Mexico, UT Martin. I would think they're going to beat UTEP. San Diego State's going to be tough. Fresno State's going to be tough. They do have a bye week before they play Air Force, which, you know, is what it is. Uh, and then they play BYU. Um, and then I want to see what Nevada is going to be with, you know, losing Romeo Dubes and then, um, quarterback who I forgot his name, Carson Strong, Strong, who was, you know, the talk of the draft as far as being that next guy. Um, It's I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over is Boise State. Hank Bachmeyer is back for his sixth year at quarterback, Um, which is funny. We joke. We could say jokingly sixth year, but there's a lot of guys who are sixth year quarterbacks now because of covid um but he he has been there he started he's a four year he's his fourth year starting um he was very high recruit obviously we all know that 
Um, he has not necessarily lived up to it so far, but he's held on to the starting gig. Um, and this is his fourth year. So I just think that that's important to have that. Uh, I think they can win nine games. So let me, let me go over um, with this schedule. I think there's enough turnover on enough of these other teams that Boise state will be in the right place, right time. Boise state as a program has been a beacon of consistency. I mean, a beacon of consistency so much so that in 2021, they went seven and five. Daniel, do you know the last time that they won seven games or less prior to 2021? Oof, I don't. 2006. You'd have to go back to 1998. They won six games. Now, this is not including the COVID year where they went five and two. They played seven total games. So, uh, but outside of that, yeah, 1998, they went six and five. Wow. And that was the last time they won less than eight games in the season. So they started two and three. It was their worst start in 20 years. I mean, if you're a Boise State fan, you've just come to expect that, like, you're going to be in the conference championship game for the Mountain West or whatever conference you're in. And, like, you want to be the, one of the teams competing for that near six bowl. Like, that's just – that's who Boise State is as a program. You know, maybe there's a little pattern here, but Andy Avalos comes in in year one. They go seven and five. Maybe that was a pattern of Brian Harson, the direction of the program, perhaps. I think so. So, uh, Boise State's defense should take a big jump this year. I think that'll be the strength of this team. Of course, Andy Avalos coming from Oregon as a defensive coordinator. So, I think that takes a big jump. Um, schedule, I think, sets up nice, actually, where if the win total is set at eight and a half, I'm pretty comfortable going over and going, going nine. So, I think they get to nine wins this year, and, you know, you're back on that conversation – I'd love them to get to 10, but I think you're going to need a couple years of recruiting and transfers and uh, Boise State getting back to what Boise State does. So I'll go over. I'm with you. Nine wins for for Boise State. Um, Another Mountain West team, Fresno State, coming off of a tremendous season last year. Their win total, a little bit less, set at eight for the Bulldogs. Daniel, you going over or under the eight for Fresno State? That's – with Fresno – um, it's tough because I think that they have a lot of peers that are close to them. Um, I guess that's how you would define peer, but um, I, there's just several of these teams that I don't know what to do with, with San Jose state, Boise state, New Mexico, San Diego, or San Diego state, UNLV, Nevada. Like, I just think that there's a grouping of these schools um, I do think that they have a history of being better. They play USC this year. They play Oregon State. I expect both of those to be losses. Um, and then Boise State. I'm expecting Boise State to have a better year than Fresno State. These two lock horns a bunch, and they a lot of times will end up in the championship together, uh, Mountain West Championship together. But um, they'll beat UConn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, I'm looking through, and, you know, I'm not confident they're going to beat San Diego State or San Jose State. Um, they – with it being a uh, – with it being just eight wins, I'm tempted to go over because all I got to do is get them to nine wins. 
That being said, I'm going to go under. They do have Jake Hayner, quarterback, who's a you know transfer from Washington. Um, you know, I think that they're going to be a solid team, but just don't know if they've got that extra gear to get away from, like I said, all these peers, all these teams that are that can beat them on any given Saturday and who are probably competing with the same, getting the same players and, you know, all of this. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go under, I'm going to say that they don't quite eclipse that eight wins. So go under. So are you saying seven or are you saying eight? I'm saying they'll go seven wins. Seven wins. All right. I'm going to go over. I do think they get to nine. Um, I think with their schedule, it is manageable. So you get Oregon State and USC out of the Pac-12, which that's not a great draw out of the Pac-12, uh, for especially this year with with USC. So I'm with you on the peers. I just think Kalen DeBoer has raised the program level where, you know, the COVID year you go three and three. Last year in year two, you go nine and three. So I, I like following trends of where programs are going. Um, I think this team could be as good as last year's team, but similar to BYU, like a more difficult schedule. So you could see a drop in wins where nine wins would be a drop in wins, 10 win team last year. So uh, I see him going 93. I see him going over. I think this is a team that's facing Boise State in the, the Mountain West Conference Championship game. So yeah, I'll go over 93. Um, seven, man. That's whew, Fresno <laughs> State. Daniel Hammock. Known Fresno State hater. Uh, right. Last team we'll talk about uh, SMU. Their one total is set at seven, Daniel. So, uh, year one for Rhett Lashley. Where, do you, where are you going with the Stangs? <sighs> My Stangs. So, Tanner Mordecai finally going to be the starting quarterback. Or I guess he was a quarterback last year, but uh, famously had to dodge all the the uh, transfer deals from before. Um, I'm interested to see what they do this year. Um, this is a team that, um, you know, had somewhat gotten consistent under Sonny Dykes. He had brought, um, uh, you know, he'd raised the floor. He made it to where teams, you know, they could take teams bounce backs a lot of these Big Twelve teams, you know, uh, you know their quarterbacks or their you know skill position players would transfer there. Um, I like SMU. The schedule, though, um, is something that I'm just not sure they'll be able to manage. Uh, I, seven wins, though, that's it. I've got to go over. It's my SMU Mustangs. Let got me just, you, man. They they they're gonna make it. They're gonna make it. Uh, I mean, or, or, or how many wins are you thinking? Sorry, I'm just counting them up. North Texas. I was worried about Lamar, but they'll take care of them. You got to take care of Lamar, man. They're going to lose to UCF and TCU. I think they'll lose to TCU. I don't know. Uh, they got to lose to Sunny Dykes, right? Um, Oh, it's tough, man. It's tough. You get Memphis, Memphis, Tulane, Tulsa, Cincy, 
UCF. Yeah, they're going to get to eight. They're going to get to eight. I'm going over. I I'm, shock eight you here. I'm going over. I'm very confidently over. I think if there's a team poised to make a year one jump, and I'm including uh, I'm including USC in this. This might be the best chance, sure, maybe second best chance. I'm really high on USC. So uh, my, it's one of the best chances uh, for a team to make a year one jump under a new head coach with Rhett Lashley. I think he fits what SMU is already running under Sonny Dykes. I don't think it's a big transition for their offense. I mean, this is a team that, We'll have a top 25 offense in the country, potentially top 15. Uh, returning production-wise, I mean, they're 19th overall, 20th on offense, 35th on defense. Uh, this is a top 40 team last year. I think this is a top 40 team this year. And if you're a top 40 team, like, there, there's not a lot of difference power rating-wise in teams that are, like, the 25th best team and the 40th best team. Like, 25 is a weird number to rank teams. But that's what we've chosen to do. So – uh, this is a really good football team. So I think they get one of Maryland and TCU. And, like, can they go with one loss in the American? I think so. So, like, 10-win SMU in year one? And how – wouldn't it be hilarious, you know, Chip Patterson, uh, how funny would it be if SMU beat Sonny Dykes this year? I mean, this game's at SMU. That They will not be friendly. For his return, they were not friendly during his last game when it had already broken that uh, he was leaving for TCU. Fans are shouting at him to wear his, go ahead and wear his purple. So they should have a top 25 offense in the country. There's not going to be a lot of those in the American. And so I'm looking at their schedule and saying, who can go score for score with SMU? And I think there's probably – three teams that can go score for score on their schedule. And so that's how I've looked at it with their schedule is who can go score for score. I think there's three teams. I think they can win one of those games. And if they're winning one of those, that's getting me to 10 wins. So the defense won't be great. But again, I'm thinking who can go score for score with them. And I don't see a lot of teams on the schedule. I think, excuse me, I think there's four teams that can go score for score with them. So do I think they can win half of those? I think so. And I think the challenge for, the American Conference Championship. So I'm I'm higher on the – man, your stings, man. I have to claim them as my stings now. So <laughs> your nights and my stings. Uh, so, yeah, man, hey, this was fun. First, first episode. And next week we'll talk some ACC Atlantic. So we got Clemson, Florida State, uh, NC State. Dogs. We ain't no puppies. Hey, I'm a big fan of the Atlantic this year, and there's a lot of good teams in that division, or potentially good teams Wolf in pack. that division that you're rooting for. The Pack, uh, Louisville should make a jump. So excited to talk ACC next week. But uh, hey, be sure to follow us on social media at the Extra Point Pod, where you're posting uh, graphics of all these picks for for me and from Daniel uh, as we go through the season. And again, we'll have these previews on. YouTube, you can listen on your podcast, Apple and Spotify, Google, wherever you find your podcast. We're, we're pretty much everywhere. Uh, but be sure to follow us as we go through these fun season previews. But uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Deep South Daniel. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Carnes with a K. But that will do it for this edition of The Extra Point. Daniel? See you.